Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida. And every week, I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record. We talk about the show and anything and everything else it might inspire us to discuss. My guest this week is Justin Schneier. My good friend, Justin. He is back. He was here during the holidays, and I wanted to be sure to grab him before he goes off to this gig that's going to take him away for, I think, six months. He's going to be gone. But Justin is an actor. He's a singer. He's an improviser. He does behind-the-scene work, stage management work, company management, and uh, soon-to-be an activities director. But we will be talking about that as the episode progresses. Justin and I watched season four, episode 15, called Teacher's Pet, and the original air date was January 19th, 1983. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Justin Schneier. Justin, welcome back. Hello, David. Many times I'm like, gosh, it's been such a long time, but it's it's been like, I think, 10 weeks? It's been, it was like Christmas time when you were here last. I have no idea. So we are broadcasting by remote from uh, Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, where you and I both work in varying capacities. Mm-hmm. We've discussed that you do uh, backstage work as well as performance work, and this is one of your yes, backstage indeed. jobs. This is, yes. Uh, doing the tech, pressing uh-huh. the buttons, flipping the switches. Well, I always perform better when I know I have a sensible person with his fingers on my buttons. So <laughs> that is you, Justin. Anything for FYI. You Anything. So we have watched season four, episode 15, called Teacher's Pet with the original air date of January 19th, 1983. The show was directed by Asad Kalada, as always. Okay. He did every show, he directed every show this season. Okay. And uh, it was written by Deidre Fay and Stuart Wolpert. They are not just writers on the show, they're executive producers, they're script, right. they've been script consultants, they're all over the place. Deidre is that Fay, like what we would call a showrunner today, almost? Uh, in a sense? I, I don't think so. Is that a poor? Okay. I think the showrunners are still Linda Marsh and Margie Peters. Okay, and I see, I see, okay. And it's weird because they only have producer credits, not executive producer credits. And I still don't understand how all that works. And it is curious that even though you and I, I mean, we're in a Vabij. <laughs> so we know what a showrunner is. A showrunner is basically the head writer right. who does more than just the head writing. They run the show. They steer the, yeah. They steer the, the ship. Of, They're the ones. The season, yeah. They are, it is their voice that is entrusted to be the voice of the show. And say, okay, this season we're going to have a rape. This season we're going to have a death. We're going to have an old person. And we're going to have a broken ankle, okay? Make it all work over a arc of 17 episodes. Go. The longest form of improv. <laughs> I'm going to give you all those suggestions the next time you perform <laughs> at SAC. Yes. Um... But give us the um, oh. give us the two second two sentence synopsis of the show. Tell us what did we just watch? Um, it, oh boy! In preparation for Blair's upcoming birthday, Joe and the girls stumble upon a life truth. A life truth. There we go. Oh, nice a life truth. Hashtag um, life truth. Yeah. That, that needs to be a thing. I don't know what it means, the, but it the, needs to be a thing. In the form of a 
departing teacher. No, very nice. Thank you very much. Of course. Are we ready to jump on into this? I think we are. Can I just did say? You, did you like this episode? Did you give me give me a little? I adored this episode. Uh, it's Good. the first time, you know, out of the three episodes I've seen of this show where mm-hmm. I thought, huh, I I would watch another one for pleasure and not for a podcast. <laughs> okay. That was, wow. It was very good. I was Jeez. Really, I'm really, really pleased. Happy. Okay. So I'm going to try the podcast format like this. Uh, I've done this before where I'm going to give now a longer form synopsis and then Justin and I are going to go back and just talk about points. I like how you're pulling the curtain back. You're showing them the magic. Exactly. I am. (laughs) Behind the biz. Just so, God forbid, my fives of listeners be like, oh my God, he's changed the format. (laughs) I don't know if I like this anymore. This is like Laverne and Shirley moving to Hollywood. What is happening? They're going to be discussing this on the Facts of Life podcast podcast where they retroactively listen to all of your episodes and comment. You say that in jest. I do. (laughs) Matthew texted me last night and said, you know, David, I talk along to your episodes of your podcast and make comments. And then he added, and I make it funnier. And I went, well, there's your podcast. Your podcast needs to be MST3King, my podcast. I can't Such wait an audience for to that. do a podcast on his podcast. How meta can we get? <clears throat> By the way, David brought me some food before this. Uh, what What did I bring you? Because some delicious donuts that I I feel honored to be one of the guests who just constantly gets... I mean, this glorious buffet, the mm-hmm. smorgasbord of yep. food. It's, it's That's great. That's it. Uh, for, for my guests, nothing but the top. <laughs> I brought him donuts from Donut King. Donut King is a local place here. Uh, I think they're based out of Castleberry. Is this your new sponsor? Uh, they are not. <sighs> they are the company that makes the Lard Lad donuts for Universal. Oh. So if you've had one of those, the Universal at the Simpsons area has a, a donut the size of a large dinner plate covered in the pink cream, just like the ones that Homer eats. It's my favorite donut. It's lovely. Indeed. So we begin the episode in the cafeteria, Mrs. Garrett, and Tootie and Natalie are there. Cousin Jerry is there. Jerry's hair is a little shorter, a little more lesbotastic. But we learn that uh, Jerry is supposed to be picking up decorations for Blair's birthday. They're having a big party for Blair's birthday. And uh, no sooner do they give us the exposition that this party is happening and that Blair is extraordinarily depressed over her birthday which they never do reveal how old she is. In comes Joe with this new teacher whom we've never met before, Miss Gallagher. And in the course of this, <laughs> Justin is making the two vulva bouncing upon each other motion, which I didn't know existed. I don't know what a vulva is, but I'm certainly <laughs> certainly putting my, uh, my finger holes together in a erotic way yeah uh, scissor sisters but yes this teacher is gail gallagher uh, a very television show name but gail gallagher and joe have been off spending the afternoon together and they got a lot of books from a book sale and we learned she's her english teacher and joe loves this english teacher and they get along great and uh the teacher is teaching her things and is acting as kind of like an elder She's only 26 years old, we later find out. But um, it gets to the point where Joe is saying that she's considering going to the same college and may even consider being a teacher herself because of Mrs. Gallagher's inspiration. 
So just as Blair and the girls are learning this, Blair says, well, you better hurry up because, you know, she's leaving. And Joe's like, "Uh, what the fucking fuck? And Blair says, I overheard Mr. Parker talking in the hallway saying that Mrs. Gallagher is going to be leaving. So I presume she's got a better job at another school, most likely for more money. Joe is not happy. What what did you have? What feelings did you have in that scene? um, A few things. First, these girls have faults. As, uh, yeah. I'll, as I'll reiterate from my last time here, don't if someone if you know someone doesn't want to have a birthday, don't give them a birthday no. party. Don't give them no because that's you putting on a party for you. Yeah. Look at everything that I did, you old bat. Look what I did for you. <laughs> I just uh, uh, terrible girls. Yes. Um, that that is pretty lousy. That's a that's a read the room moment. Of it really many is throughout the series. Um, and. You, you've talked about old vaudeville writers yes. writing for these children. Why does Blair care about her birthday? This, how old is she? She is either eighteen or nineteen. Oh, I think she no. would be because Lisa Welchel is nineteen. Uh-huh. I have been I've been stating her age wrongly for several episodes this season, and I do apologize. But yeah, Lisa Welchel is nineteen, right? And Blair is. We assume 18 because she's about to graduate. This is in January of 83. She's about to graduate in June. If she if she was, say, like an 18-year-old twink, I would understand her preoccupation <laughs> with her. with her. She mentions that she's uh, getting wrinkles with every year a new wrinkle. Yeah. No. <sighs> no. You're not I- trying to pick up a daddy at Parliament House. What is your pr- – <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, that's it is an a old, little- old – old writer named Mort who cannot get his head around this girl. Yeah. Speaking of vaudevillian jokes, they do talk about that they go they went out for sushi. And you oh, probably the, this must have <laughs> this might have eluded you, but in the early eighties sushi was very new to our culture. Right. It was still a raw fish. What? So it was very treated as such. At which point, this Mrs. Garrett says, I've been trying to get the girls to have sushi. I think it's great. And, and, but they're afraid of it. And Natalie says, well, just call us the chicken of the sea. Ha-ha! I actually, I, I wrote that down as I enjoyed that joke very much. They chicken all the groaned, and you should have groaned, too. My favorite sound is not the sound of an audience laughing. It's the <laughs> sound of, oh, from the, the groan. The, and yeah. that was a lovely joke for that. And then she um, had to cap it off with, what can I say? I'm a punny gal. And that, and that wasn't as good. No. But um, the, the sushi was the, this was, a, this was, a lesbianic connotation heavy, I mean, heavy episode. To talk about sushi, to be talking, she, to, to have the I be think fish talk. The while exact there is... line was, oh, who eats raw fish? <laughs> and Joe, of course, lapped it up. <laughs> yeah, the instantaneous thought that our modern brains go to is, what is happening here? These two are very, I mean, this character is being introduced not unlike the way a new boyfriend would be introduced. Yeah. She's yep. a member of the faculty. We've never heard of her before, never seen her before, and we're never going to see her again. But um, She called her Mrs. McGuffin. Miss, <laughs> but she calls her Gail, and they're like, you call her 
Gail. Um, well, then she also called her poor. She calls her teacher her first name, and she calls her teacher poor. Poor. That's a pretty... Well, from poor roots. They both <laughs> poor... clearly come from the same part of the Bronx. I would never at that age have referred to the financial status of but when my you're teachers. But uh, when you're that um, close, mm-hmm. you can say things like that? When you're, f- you know, that non-conforming and just busting out your lesbian chops, just saying whatever uh, you want. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But the thing is... Um, Uh, Joe does say, I feel like I've known her all my life. I can really talk to her. Again, connotations. Yeah. And and to make sure that we're very clear, thankfully there was someone in that writer's room who said or wrote this line. I can't get over you and Miss Gallagher. You eat sushi. You go to hockey games. (laughs) And then the last of that three is you talk about guys. Oh, shoot, thank God. Thank God it's a heterosexual friendship. Uh, it's a... Oh, my Lord, I was, I was going to die. Safe lesbians. Oh, shoot. The, 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 the Paul Lind equivalents. <laughs> Men in ascots is what oh, they were called Mike. in the 70s. <laughs> um, there, was a, there was another, which I'm sure you're going to hate because I loved it, a great joke. I uh-huh. thought it was fabulous mm-hmm. about... Um, uh, Joe was talking about how she grew up in a rough neighborhood and how Gail uh, couldn't compete with that. And Gail said, well, you know, in my neighborhood, uh, all the girls would wear leather jackets and skulls with crossbone tattoos. And uh, Joe goes, yeah, well, so did we. To which Gail replies, no, those are the nuns. <gasps> but um, yeah. Hysterical. Yeah. You think that you? I, I genuinely enjoy No, I'm not. I know it's hard to you tell. You like that? I genuinely enjoyed that. I'm talking show. about the nuns. Hoi! Um, yeah. Blair saying that she overheard Mr. Parker in the hallway talking about, really? Headmaster talking about a teacher and a teacher leaving the school? Mm-hmm. And, ugh. Um, and maybe this, what, what this episode is about will, mm-hmm. um, will make this more clear. I think it said that, uh, Miss Gale is 26. Yes. She later. looks like garbage for 26. <laughs> <laughs> She's oh. awful. Um, oh, we didn't that talk is about a woman her. in her late 30s at youngest. Well, well, remember, everybody of all ages, everybody from the age of 20 to 50. Everyone of all ages was miscast. You're looked correct. like they were 35 in the oh, 1980s. Yeah, oh, yeah. So the actor who's playing Miss Gallagher is Deborah Harmon. Deborah Harmon has a fuck ton of credits. She has mm. been working, working, working. Okay. Hasn't done much in the last decade or so. Okay. But the one thing that some folks might remember her from is just the 10 of us which ran from 1987 to 1990, three seasons. She was the mom on that show about parents with eight kids. Not a new concept, Mm -hmm. but it was a spinoff of Growing Pains. Her husband, the dad of that show, was the coach on Growing Pains. She has many, many other credits, and I think she's good as an actress, but... Oh, she was great as an actress. She just doesn't... Yeah, she doesn't look 26. No. uh, It's easy to shit on the beginning of this. It takes a turn, and it gets wonderful. I, this ep- I do. Okay. I genuinely you're, you're feel not this. being ironic. Okay. I'm not. I really enjoyed this okay. episode. I, I, um, there, there, I didn't not enjoy it. There I are have notes. There's I always, always have notes. I have notes. I got. Do you have I'm, anything else for that scene? Um, uh, one quote I have is poverty slang for lesbians. No. <laughs> so the scene ends oddly. For how many times we have our Thornton Wilder moments, as I call mm-hmm. them, where they stop what they're doing, they freeze. 
they look at each other or they look out to the audience. We cut to or dissolve to a wide shot and then we wait a long time for the dissolve. Mm -hmm. This scene ends with Joe being very upset Gail saying, uh, Joe, I was going to tell you it's hard with a friend. I didn't get a chance. I needed to tell you. Yeah. And Joe alludes to the fact that, yeah, well, you must be really ha must have made you a really great offer or something. Yeah. And then Blair says, well, let's have a toast to Miss Gallagher's new job. <laughs> and now we're in the classroom. <laughs> yep. Like they had to cut some shit for time. Oh, yeah. Like big time. So this is such an anti-facts of life scene change where well, it's in mid-sentence. You can't cut all the pauses between lines. <laughs> you can't cut the pauses, David. Yeah, the trucks that could drive through them wouldn't be able to get through this them. Is, this is, yeah, this is the Pinter episode. Uh-huh. So then we move on to the classroom. Now we're in the classroom. There are 12 or 13 girls. We, I don't, I cannot recall the last time we saw the girls in an actual classroom. I feel like it was Joe... Uh, with the um, the journalism teacher mm. who was a fucking dick to her. So we're in the classroom and we see that thing of, okay, we have to show that she's a good teacher and is really connecting with her students. And uh, they hired some extras. We got 12 or 13 girls here. And um, we return to that weird thing of who is in what year of school. Joe and Blair are in this class. They are seniors. Yeah. Natalie is in this class. She's a junior. Tootie has said in the previous scene, I'll never get to have you as an English teacher if you leave the school. So It's very progressive school. There's no rules. Yeah, exactly. There's just none. Well, the sex education class had like Tootie who was 10 and, you know, some other girls who were 40. But also <laughs> of note that none of the girls from season one remain now. They are all officially gone, 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 dead and buried. We do not have Nancy or Sue Ann or Cindy. Having or never Molly. made it to that sex ed class, who knows what happened to them? <laughs> who knows? But, uh, um, uh, so they're talking about Brave New World and... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Joe is pouting like a little fucking bitch. She is. She is. She's um, in. She's kind of regressing a bit. Joe had really been kind of growing and evolving from this girl that feels like if I'd been slighted, then I shut down and I turn on my tough faucet, you know? Well, now she's finally found that older, feminine <laughs> uh, role model, that, that woman that she doesn't want to just be but be in lipstick lesbian and uh i mean to have that torn away i mean yep. that's it's traumatizing so class is dismissed gail says joe stay oh, well, behind wait, we're, sk we're skipping a moment that i i do want to comment Talk. on real quick uh uh she oh god what does the teacher say she says something about how she says something to the in in the vein of the government in this novel did not allow for friendships to happen. Correct. And so people could not be friends or connect in any way, to which um, Joe responded, uh, they knew what they were doing, didn't they? <laughs> and that reminded, that was a moment. It was very, <laughs> it, was, it was hard. And I have um, a castmate in the show I'm doing right now who talks about how his old acting teacher would say whenever a moment like that was dropped, it became... Um, hilarious because she would always do this anytime a line like yeah they knew what they were doing was dropped she'd go oh, did you feel that 
<laughs> and I want you to know, David, that when uh, Joe said, yeah, they knew what they were doing. <gasps> I felt that. You felt that. Did you, wow. did you feel that, David? Um, I felt that. I don't, like I said. There's I'm a more impactful ha- feeling moment later, but I felt something. Yeah, I'm, I'm having issue with Joe becoming this version of Joe. We had really kind of, I thought, gotten beyond that. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of uh, when confronted with something or with dealing with a betrayal or something she perceives as a betrayal, uh-huh. that is a big no-no for Joe. Right. So this, the shield's coming back up and her being not even passive-aggressive. She's being aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> It's like yeah. there's no subtlety here. So well, and one last thing. And mm-hmm. the other problem is that you and I have not yet stated the words of why is a fucking teacher becoming buddy buddy with a student? Why is a 26 year old anything teacher mm-hmm. of any gender or orientation right. becoming a buddy buddy friend and going to lunch and going to bookstores and hockey games and later a concert they were going to be going to a classical music concert with a 18 year old senior yeah 18 yeah yep. she's an adult she's still your student that's a big no no i want to make you groan david i want to make you upset justin those are words i've dreamed of hearing I w- you say i want to me. make you upset um they talk about they're talking about brave new world and about how there is a um, ser- some serum in there that prevents people from uh, oh. li- lying or, or what, what was it? Yeah, it, 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 there's, it a, a there's a serum is that it a, l- it's not a true serum. It's a serum it that do? lulls people into sort of a dead brain okay. d- brain dead state. The teacher said um, to the students as they left, "All right, everyone, and remember, lay off that soma." <laughs> which that joke, of course, is a soma sizzler. <laughs> And as David laughs, I want everyone, uh, I want your listeners to, to think to themselves, did you feel that? Did you feel that? <laughs> did you feel that? And, but before that, when she says it, it lulls people into a fall, into this, you know, yeah. uh, brain dead state, uh, I think, is it, is it Blair who says, oh, kind of like Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pac-Man, that uh, new video game thing, it'll never last. So Gail keeps Joe after class, and Joe was still pissed off, and Gail's like, I should have told you. And Joe says, you said you liked it here. It felt like home. And she's like, yeah, things happen. And mm-hmm. Joe's like, yeah, well, things happen and friends talk about it. So now I look like a jerk in front of everybody. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this about you? They don't really come back to this. Where it's like, did, did you just not like that they knew shit about your friend that you didn't know yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, that's, that's your big problem? Fuck you. Really. You're, you're more mature than this, Joe. No. All right, I suppose she is. So her last words are, yeah, well, it's your life. Have a good one. And she storms out. End of scene. Yep. So then we get to the next scene in the cafeteria. Oh, this. <laughs> so what happens in this scene is they are prepping for the party. Uh, cousin Jerry literally says her second line, bringing Blair into the party. Her party is barn-themed. Look at it. it yeah. It's a barn theme for this haughty, rich girl putting her in her place in a barn. Yeah. Happy birthday. You're some manure. <laughs> but the thing is, what we've got going on here is the surprise party happens. They mm-hmm. turn off the lights. Blair and Cousin Jerry come in. Surprise! 
Blair isn't thrilled. Again, read the room. She told you she wasn't happy about her birthday. Now you've thrown a party. She's acting even less happy. Surprise? Mm-hmm. The surprise? Really? Are you surprised? No surprise at the surprise party. And then what's her? Uh, the Natalie has that moment that Joe had of, oh, let's make this about me. You know, a lot of people worked really hard for uh, your yes! party that you didn't want. A lot of people worked really hard for it. Yeah, could you Maybe manage you could, to be a little you, more uh, nice? Rude. And, yeah. Now, here's the deal. I will, I, I'm a little bit, tiny bit in Natalie's corner mm. where you always can be gracious. You always can be gracious. However, it's obvious to me that that party only happened for the cake that somebody wanted. <laughs> Not naming any names. Nope. But uh, at the end of the scene, though, somebody... Um, uh, so, so then, so then it dissolves to the party in progress. One, one more party thing. One more party thing, real quick. Can we pre- please bring back punch bowls with ladles and cups? Can we bring that back? Those never went away. No, honey. no, no they. Mu- David, I've been to your home. In your home, they have not gone away. In 2020, that <laughs> is not a thing anymore. You have to go. You to live Natalie. in a very hip, very retro, very cool house <laughs> that that wouldn't be perfect in for a party. No one does that anymore. Natalie does that. Let's Natalie Doliner, when she throws a party, always has a party. Well, ball. she's a cool lady in she's a country a good... full of squares. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> she's a she's a magnificent hostess. Actually, I mean seriously, for seriously. I, I just want to bring punch back. It's good. I'll, it's I'll, retro. I'll it's punch. jet. It, it, with fondue, it died. Bring it back. Oh, the fondue. Good lord. There's a. Mm-hmm. There's the seventies. That's like. Do we do that before or after the key party? You know. <laughs> oh, always after. <laughs> yeah, that's right. D- fuck, fuck, Dan fuck, Savage, first. fuck first. Dan Savage. Fuck first. Dan Savage. Valentine's fuck first. Day is coming up, everybody. Uh huh. Um. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> so right. the party is in full swing. And Mrs. Garrett goes to Joe saying, I had hoped that Gail was going to come by. And Joe says, and Joe is like, yeah, well, fuck her and fuck everything about her. I fucking hate that fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. And Mrs. Garrett says, Joe. You're making a mistake. Was that I'm Mrs. Not, Garrett? No, my Mrs. Garrett is not that, real. That sounded like a Mrs. Garrett That's impression. my vague uh, putting on a voice voice. I don't have her prepared. It, sounded, it was like she was here, Justin, really. Um, was it, you're making a mistake. There you go. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think you're she being fair. And then Joe says, yeah, well, people always have an angle, like a lot more money from another school. Mm-hmm. And this was a, an assumption that was a seed that was planted by Blair in the earlier scene. And Mrs. Garrett's like, Joe, no, you're wrong. And you know, I didn't tell her exactly what I thought of, and I'm going to go do it now. Joe is still stewing, and it's bubbling fucking yep. over. She is not able to let this go. This is season two, Joe. This is not season four, Joe. Mm-hmm. Don't be season two, Joe, Joe. She's hurt, David. She's hurt. <sighs> so Mrs. Garrett now has the unfortunate place of having to set Joe straight by violating the privacy of one of her peers and saying, Joe, she's not leaving because of money. She's ill. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? Oh, better still. At which point they bring out the birthday cake. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday, dear Blair. Joe, she's dying. Happy birthday to you. 
I have written in my notes how many musical rehearsals did it take to get for that- them to get that timing down perfect. <laughs> so melodramistic. <laughs> like oh. Mrs. Garrett was waiting for the break in the music. Like she could have held her hand up in a fist like, hold, Joe, she's yep. dying. And then downbeat, boom, happy birthday. Anyhow, so dramatic, so perfect 1980s sitcom. I actually have to say that was a big old ball of cheese and I fucking loved it. It was a sharp Cracker Barrel uh, cheddar. Loved it. So then that's how we go to commercial, of course. You, you mm. end on a strong musical, dramatic yep. note. Mm. Now, there's a couple things in the party scene I think we need to talk about. Okay, let's go back. I'm excited. The sign for Happy Birthday Blair. Number one, you're mm. like, who the fuck is Blair? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's the rich girl, but there's a lot of rich girls that go to this school, presumably, because yeah. it's a private school. Why is Blair getting this big party? Do, do all the girls get a big party this big? Is it because it is her 18th birthday and now she's quote unquote an adult, quote unquote old enough to vote? Yeah. I still say that she has been 18 all season. So that's already a questionable, but the girl putting up the sign and who has misspelled Blair's name with an E at the end is Brenda. Brenda's back. Do you remember Brenda? Of course. No, you don't. You didn't watch the show. (laughs) We met Brenda twice before. Okay. In two confusing cameos. Oh, great. Originally, the girls had paid off their debt and were able to move back into right. the dorms before they fucked up That's again. when the show should have ended. Yeah. Bite your tongue. <laughs> and Brenda came back as Natalie's roommate, and she was dry as paint. She was humorless. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, hello, Brenda. How are you? Adequate. Like, that was it. And yeah. later... Uh, Matthew and I laughed for about 10 minutes when Natalie was like, I can't believe I have to be here with you guys. Normally, Saturday morning is when Brenda and I go on a rock hunt. Huh? Okay. The face you just made is the face we made. I'm sorry? Very audible face. A rock hunt. A a A, rock. We go hunting for rocks. Oh. So, dry as paint hunts for rocks. That was Brenda the first time we met her. Persian pussy. Sorry. <laughs> second time we met hunt. Brenda. Second time we met Brenda. Mm-hmm. It was when Natalie got a really cool gig writing a column for a New York teen newspaper or magazine. And Brenda came up and was like, "Oh, well, I don't know who would want to read that. The musings of a teenage girl in a major paper." Blah. So she mm. suddenly was really bitchy and dismissive of right. Natalie, your former roommate. And now in this one, she spelled Blair with an E at the end of it. So what producer was this actress stooping? I know, exactly. Well, she's she's like 15. Don't, don't, don't go there. But the thing is, now we've got that, and then she has two moments in this. Mm -hmm. Natalie says there's no E in Blair, and she says something like, oh, she won't notice, and Natalie gets to do the looking heavenward, shaking her hands. Why do I have to work with amateurs? Oh, I hated that line. That's that's the first. That's a laugh that they just put in there. It's fine. It's not too organic. It's kind of imposed. It's but no then, chicken of the sea. No, it is not. But then the second thing is, after not being able to read the room, mm-hmm. Blair, still unhappy about the birthday, Brenda is the one who walks up and says, So, how old are you? And Blair just <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> so, we're halfway through season four. 
we've already tried to introduce a new girl, this princess named Alexandra, mm -hmm. because there was a possibility they were going to take Blair and Joe, spin them off to college, and then begin a rotating door of new students right. at Eastland. This is the third time we've seen Brenda. The fact they've brought her back thrice is like, okay, were you even considering that she could have been one of the girls? In which case, who is she? Is she the driest paint like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory? Is she the bitchy one? Is she the stupid, in, in this episode, the stupid one? Have we had an episode yet about mental illness? I'm trying, oh, like, but have we done multiple personality like, disorder? Personality or, or just um, she's on maybe a different kind of antipsychotic or something like where, like, that maybe could, that could have been fodder for a future special episode. Oh. Is, wow, she's been 12 people in the past <laughs> uh, three months. I, What's going on, Brenda? I would, too. Yeah. Brenda, can nice Brenda come out now? That could have been a thing. I would have supported that. There is but no Brenda, only Zool. <laughs> That Are would be the, the name of the keeper? episode. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> and Cousin Jerry is gone now. Cousin Jerry... I had, never, I had no exposure to Cousin Jerry. Precious and, um I liked her. She's fine. And I, I mean, this was, this was revolutionary that we yeah. had a semi-regular mm -hmm. person with a physical disability yeah. on a sitcom. But... It's like the novelty of that seems to have already worn off, and she's just been relegated to just coming in and having a couple of lines here or a joke there. I mean, it's nice that she's around semi-regularly, but it's like, could she be more involved somehow? I, I, I hope this doesn't sound like an insensitivity towards her talent, but it seems like she's someone who doesn't act a lot, and I, would ima I couldn't understand why. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, she's just a little more honest, a little more just truthful, just says the line in a way that I found refreshing mm -hmm. compared Agreed. to the people just kind of putting on this comedy for the yeah. show. I mean, uh, I liked her. She was genuine. Yeah, no, I agree. And she's honestly, and she's charming. Like you can tell when you watch her mm -hmm. interviews and that she on this show is natural enough and just playing herself. And she yeah. is just delightful. I, I, of all the many notes I have for the series yeah. over the years is that, oh, we couldn't have had more of Cousin Jerry. Is she when, still alive, that actress? Oh God, yeah. She was on Deadwood. Like uh, oh, about 15 really? years ago, yeah. I never watched that show, but I'd I, I love to know that she has a, a career. That's great. She's still a stand-up. She's still a stand-up. Uh, What's yeah. her name? Jerry Jewell with two L's. Huh. Yeah. Uh, look her up. There's stuff on the YouTube. I'll look her up. Absolutely. Wow. So that's where the episode uh, goes to commercial. When we come back from commercial, uh, we did have some activity earlier with preparation uh -huh. of food and preparation for the party. Yeah. But as I say, these girls should be a lot busier feeding 200 students three yeah. meals a day, seven days a week. Uh, but we're in the bedroom, and Blair and Tootie and Natalie playing cards. Yeah. And we later find out it's bridge because they are 80. Who the fuck? I, there is, I was a teenager in 1982. No one fucking played bridge. Straight people. Jesus. I guess, maybe. Straight people. Well, that's what they did. And you know what lesbians love? Uh-oh. Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> lesbians love Beethoven. That's what we've been taught in this upcoming scene. Because why? Uh, I don't know. Because Bach and Brahms are too straight. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they love Be Beethoven. I'm not a lesbian. Be because we learn 
through Mrs. Garrett that Gail called saying that yes. she hasn't been able to get through to Joe. Tonight is the Beethoven concert because teachers yep. and high school students go to Beethoven concerts together. That's a completely normal thing. It uh, is. Now, if they went to see Liszt together, mm, uh, call yeah. the I'm authorities. Sure, yeah. If it had been Bernstein, I'd have been like, mm. Sometimes gay. <laughs> So Joe is Joe does come into the room and she's doing that uh, excessively busy, excessively actively not talking about the thing that she doesn't want to talk about. Mm. And before they have a chance, she says, oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. I'll call her and yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anything else in that scene? It was a fairly um, utilitarian. I have a scene. question, just a question about the show. Has death been touched upon in the show yet? It has not. Uh, mortality it, it, and I really like how they handled it in this. The show actually other than other than a suicide the show really hasn't dealt with a, the simple matter of someone getting sick and dying. I mean for such a every episode is a special episode show. Yeah. It's about time. I, I agree. And I do agree uh, with yeah. that. And and I don't I don't hate the me the message that finally does come up is a good one. I mm -hmm. just think the setup there are so many little problems. Maybe there's things that Ugh. aren't subtle, but that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah. Um, but to me, this teacher-student dynamic between Gail and Joe right. is an automatic disqualifier. It's an automatically, as 2020 viewers, we cannot look at that and say in any way, shape, or form that it is okay or appropriate. At this age, I agree with you. Yeah. If they were in college, I would have a pretty oh, strong disagreement. No, way different. Being friends with a college professor or a TA, yeah. so different. Yeah. So, so, so different. That's how you pass math. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, the next scene is the cafeteria. It's nighttime and the lights are off. Joe is in her coat coming in from the outside. Why she's coming in from the front entrance of the cafeteria versus the back door where she would normally come in through the kitchen, anyone's Who guess. Who knows? Uh, Tootie shows up, and Tootie's in little bitch mode. I did not God. care for her No. in this scene. No, she's really bitchy and bratty, and Tootie can turn that on yeah. and has many times. It's 3 a.m. Where have you been? You broke curfew. And we learn that Joe's just been driving around. Well, mm -hmm. Tootie's like, what's going on? And Mrs. Garrett comes in and she says, Tootie, will you excuse us? And Tootie says, no, I want to know what's going on. Oh, S and you know what? At that time, if she weren't their teacher, if I were Mrs. Garrett, smack in the face. <laughs> How dare you say no? Yeah. You leave now. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. and there is the issue of... Tootie, it's not that you need to leave just because this is a thing Joe is going through and I want to counsel her on this. Mm -hmm. This also involves has, yeah. another adult and a mm -hmm. medical condition that is not public knowledge yep. and is not my place or anyone's place to divulge to another person. And even, I mean, how much is she maybe even trying to protect Tootie? Maybe. Tootie doesn't need to know. Jo Joe has to know about the illness because of how close they are. Yeah. The other girls... There's a reason there's a cover story. Oh, yeah. They don't need to know that their teacher is dying. No. It's none of their Joe, fucking business. Joe, because of the relationship, I know you have a problem with it, but because of that relationship, she has sort of a right to know. A little uh, bit. Or, um, the others don't. So to me, that's also, that's Mrs. Garrett just protecting her kid. Get out of here. You don't need to know about this. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. It's it's one of many aspects of why yeah. she should leave the room. I'm not yeah. saying it's the only one, but it's, you know, Tootie doesn't need to know. Yeah. But it does come out. Joe 
you know, in her angry Joe way. All right, you want to know what's going on? I'm going to tell you. Yep. She's dying and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Joe and Mrs. Garrett have some honest talking. And then uh, there's not really a resolution to the scene other than Joe is finally starting to feel some feels. And she does say she should have more time. She's only 26, and she breaks down mm. sobbing on Mrs. Garrett's shoulder. And that's where that scene ends. Now, um, you had said there was some nice Mrs. There's Garrett a, There's things. a line that she had that I really liked. I, I teared up when she said this Go. to Joe. She says, um, run away all you want. Mm. Gail is still going to die. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty harsh, savage. Harsh but, and sad, but she needs to hear the truth. That's the there's level nothing, you need to get to with Joe. There's yes. nothing more unforgiving than death. It's going to happen to everybody, and it's going to happen to Gail, and you have to face it now. Mm-hmm. Um, smart woman, good line, good delivery, and I, f- I felt, which I never thought I would feel anything watching the facts of life, yeah. but I felt it a little bit. I agree with you. I felt that. That was beautiful. And then Tootie comes in. Tootie can also be the most empathetic at times and the mm-hmm. most starstruck and childlike. Yep. And Tootie says, she must be scared. Mm-hmm. And Joe, this is where Joe starts in, and God bless it. The only thing I did think of early on is I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this older version of Joe. I don't like this teacher relationship. I did think to myself, I'll bet you she's going to cry. Because Nancy McKeon crying is one of the greatest things to experience Mm -hmm. in all of the history of the performing arts. And so Joe uh, starts crying and saying, what's scary is living and not having it mean anything. Yep. And Mrs. Garrett's like, is that what you think? Meaning, do you think her life doesn't have any meaning? Mm -hmm. And she says, she spent her life working and studying. What's the point if it can be taken away from you at 26? What's the difference? And Mrs. Garrett says, you are, Joe. Everyone in her class. Some people live into their 80s and have nothing to show for it. That was a wonderful, and I can't believe I'm using this word, subtle homage to the teaching profession and how important teachers are. It was. I had written all this down. That line was just, it it was very beautifully done. It saves a lot of the bad jokes. It saves a lot of the... Of the uh, the lesbianic undertones, it yeah. saves a lot of that shitty barn party. This it is saves <laughs> the sh- it saves the episode. It's really it's, it, beautifully done. This is done. the meat of the episode, it and it really does. It almost yeah. doesn't. It doesn't belong in the episode. Almost, it's it's just such a wonderful, scene, well, great scene work. The, right, and these are the scenes, and because this is where Charlotte Ray is so good as well. These are the, this is the stuff we remember. You walk away from the facts of life for forty years, like I have. And all of my memories of this show are happy and enjoyable, and I loved this show. This is why I love this show. As an adult now, I'm being reminded of all the shit that's adorning it. But at the meat of it, the core of it, this is why the show did and does so well. So then we move on to the penultimate scene, which is in the cafeteria. Mrs. Garrett and Gail are sitting having coffee or tea because we didn't have enough coffee before. And Joe comes in. And this is the next day because oh, Gail says, we're "I could skipping a major, uh, a major uh, uh, quandary that uh, Gail is going through. Whether to was it to hang on to or give away her uh, coin collection or uh, a picture of Al Pacino? Yeah, just oh, it's a terrible joke. But once again, she says, "Well, what's Al Pacino ever done for me? Yeah, lesbian." <laughs> 
something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on with your synopsis. But here's the thing. It's you see to me that was I, I skipped over that. That's a little morose. That's like I don't know whether to give away my coin collection or my autographed picture of Al Pacino. It's like, do you mean the way you give things away when you move, or the things you give away when you die? Don't you love the idea that she is now in a coffin? Like a mummy with her <laughs> arms wrapped around a coin collection to her dead bosom. Yeah, that's just that's it. That's fascinating <clears throat> to me. But see, what, what would have been more interesting would have been, I didn't know whether to give away my coin collection or my autographed picture of Al Pacino. Mrs. Garrett say, are you going to need either of them after you're dead? <laughs> Why aren't we doing punch-up, David? We, these Why? are the notes I send back in my time machine. Retitle okay. this, Script Doctors. The Script Doctors. All right, go on. <laughs> Gail says she's been looking for Joe. She's just getting ready to leave. Mrs. Garrett is driving her to the station, and uh, she missed her at the concert last night. She waited for her, and she didn't show up. And, you know, when you're moving to your final resting place and leaving a job where you live somewhere mm-hmm. the night before, you got time to go to a concert. Sure, you're yeah. not packing or dealing with movers or things like that. Anyhow, Joe does apologize. And Joe says, I've been a jerk. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Uh, some things it's harder to say with a friend, and I get it. Like mm-hmm. it was a sense of maybe it would, it, maybe it it would I not have, have been feelings as easy. for you. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> it's really tough to say to a friend. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Gail says, "I'm going to miss you, Joe." And part of me is like, "You, you no, can't, absolutely not." I thought that too. You There's no write. way you're gonna miss her. Well, well, no. But my thing is like TV shows do this where. Uh-huh. The, I've left the frame, therefore I have left your life. Yeah. That happens a lot. And mm-hmm. it's like, she could still write to you. you. You could still have some time before you die where you can write letters or accept, uh, gee, I think we have a newfangled thing called the telephone in 1983 uh-huh. where you could talk. And I mean, anyway, it, th- that's another little annoyance of this is that, right. that out of frame, out of mind, out of existence thing. <laughs> but Joe does say, it's been a good year for me. I've learned so much. At this point, Gail says to Joe, I'm gathering you understand why I have to leave school, that mm-hmm. you, you found out. Yeah. And Joe is like, yeah. And she says, so now you know that I have to leave and that I'm okay. Which is kind of like, oh, they're about to get into it. Shit's about to get real. Joe was going to ask her. What is it like to be so young and know that you're going to die? Are you scared of the afterlife? Yeah. What is your family? Th- oh, no, 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 no. The other three girls come in. <laughs> We've got a yearbook. We want you to sign our yearbook. <laughs> we were in the parlor, which is literally the next room, and I don't know why we entered from there. But they make a big, big cacophony, and they go to give her an Eastland send-off, and they blow a little party blower extendy thing. and and. Confetti, and they start yep. arguing. You were supposed to have the streamers, and they just become this gaggle of buffoons. Right. And while they're arguing and making noise in the background, we just zoom in on Joe and Gail looking at each other. And it's like, so I guess they never really have the chance to have that heart to heart that I really, really wanted mm-hmm. right here. So do you have anything else to add for that scene? Um, just, uh, it's stupid, but I just want to say that she says, we still have time to do things. Like, we can go do this or that. There's a Rembrandt um, gallery that we can go to. And I just thought, again, Rembrandt, Beethoven, Sushi. <laughs> that, that, really? That I don't need to go on. Another in the lesbian column, yes. I don't need to go on. 
I know it's it's like beating it over the head, but that's what they did with this episode. It's, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it had to be Joe. It's not like they could have just interchanged one of the other girls. But no, having had, Joe yeah. get friendly with an adult woman, uh-huh. a single adult woman. A single adult woman who like, is very obviously also a lesbian. Just, and oh. <laughs> they're not lesbians! Was this when Smell-O-Vision was around? No, stop. Don't even go there. Then we go to the penultimate scene, and we see the blackboard, and Miss Barnett being written on the blackboard. And it is now the new English teacher who is taking over, and she's introducing herself to the class and to the audience because, of course, we are never, ever going to see her again. Yep. And she says, we are going to be, I'm your new teacher, Miss Barnett. I'm taking over for uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be doing, the first book we're going to be discussing will be The Grapes of Wrath. Has anybody here read it? No response, and then Joe puts her hand Joe. up. And then when Joe puts her hand down, uh, Miss Barnett starts to synopsize the Grapes of Wrath. And as she goes into this lengthy synopsis, as opposed to telling the students to read the damn book yourselves, mm-hmm. she goes into the synopsis and she starts walking back through the class, and it's a slow zoom into Joe, who's just thinking. And the credits roll while we're still in the scene, and we can still hear the teacher's voice fading away. And that's the end of the show. I loved that ending. <clears throat> I love that she raised her hand. She's proving the point that Gail's life did matter because mm-hmm. now this girl, out of that whole class, this one girl has read The Graves of Wrath, which is important. Yep. I like that there's no big end, no big loud clapter or laughs because of some joke. Life moved on. The show moved on to the end, just like life will move on without Gail. It keeps moving. Yeah. I re- I don't know if that's what they were thinking when they did it, but that's what it came across to me. It was lovely. The last thing I wrote in my notes, excellent. I, yeah. I really I, liked this episode. I did, I did like it too. Other than to me, I'm mm-hmm. like, the teacher is doing an awful lot of synopsizing and lecturing yeah. when it's about a book, when it's like you could read the book. But the thing is, I did like that too, and it is a very important literary device mm-hmm. that if a character dies, somebody else needs to carry so, yes. the torch, Give assume... Us- in, in li- the, the dead person uh, needs to somehow live on. Get, or, or give us a birth. Give us something that shows a cycle. That the, true. There, there's Very true. something. We're always moving forward in yeah. that way. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, Joe, uh, the, the fact that we've got the fact that Joe is carrying on the legacy yeah. of Gale and is I'm a sure, very nice thing. I'm sure it's a very important episode for a lot of uh you know, kids who had to deal with deaths in their lives at that age to, you know, see that and go, oh, well, maybe this person that I really cared about, um, I'm who I am. because I don't think they thought this this literally, but hmm. they are who they are because of the influence that this person in their lives, you know, had on them before they died. Yeah. I, I can see I, – I'm being generous to the show, but I just – having seen that retarded episode, this is <laughs> so – so much better, um, and I don't even think that it needs to have the low bar that I held for it in order to like achieve a, a nice height. This is very good. Mm-hmm. It's a good episode. There's yeah. a lot of shit, my, a lot of good, though. Uh, yeah. I think my only lasting thing is, like you said, some people dealing with this. Mm-hmm. I, I think it only scratched the surface. Oh, yeah, of course. I think it could have delved. There are so many times I've said, this could have gone a little mm-hmm. deeper, and they could have gotten away with it back yes. then. 
And I think the point for me where I would say if you change, if you only change one thing about this episode, mm -hmm. stop with the yearbook and the confetti and the send off and give them a little moment of closure between the two of them. And when we reboot this show, we have the opportunity to do that. But when? I think the resources and the writers and the time, I think they did the best that they had. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't know. We, I mean, we, we can disagree. I don't know. Um, well, we're at the end of the episode, Justin. So we are. I, I brought you back here. There was a, there were, were ulterior motives going on here because we're <laughs> about to lose you for a little while because you're about to take a gig out on the high seas. I, uh, I, will, I will be leaving for six months uh, to be the new activities host on the Azamara Quest. Uh, Which cruise line is that? It's like a little tiny subsidiary of Royal Caribbean. Okay, cool. Um, Neat. It's yeah. Well, congrats. It, that's a that's a gig you gotta you gotta work uh, yeah. for. And it's unfortunate the um, the theatrical momentum behind me has been excellent in the past month. Yeah, there have been some very good offers and things that I've had to turn down to put the career on a halt. But if you're young and single and you don't own a house and you can travel on someone mm -hmm. else's dime, you just do it. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I I'm not going to Israel or Ireland or Egypt just on a whim. I, I want someone to pay for it. So yeah, and, and you love travel. Cool That's the thing. I you do. always love travel. I, I so love to travel. Well, lastly, before we go, off the top of your head, commercial from your childhood. Commercial. Oh, crap. We, we did this before. We need another commercial? There, there was more than one commercial in your oh, childhood. Oh, God. Does, does, do your, does any your... commercial of any time from any place. Uh, there's a, there was a magazine... For Nickelodeon, uh -huh. uh, the uh, kids' channel that I watched thought Nickelodeon magazine, and the big catchphrase was kids saying to their parents, Nickelodeon magazine, please, in this very fake, not natural way. Oh, at all. okay. And yeah. if you were to watch it on YouTube, you, you see and they cranking that out every half hour, wow. at least two times, it'd be on the TV trying to get you to buy the thing. Um, so, yeah, that never left me. Wow. Never left me. Um, Great. It's not as exciting or interesting well, as I will find uh, J.G. It. Wentworth, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will find it and I will put it on it. the website. It's, yeah, it's a big part of my childhood, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again for coming back. Thank you for doing the show. And uh, I'll let you go because you got a ship to catch. I, I, <laughs> yeah, the boat is outside. Hurry. It's, I hear it honking. It's, they're honking for you right now. Oh, my God. Smooches and goodbye, my dear. Uh, bon voyage. Uh, no. Goodbye. There we go. And there you have it. That was Justin Schneier, my friend. And he's leaving, and I'm going to miss him, and that sucks. But, oh well, life goes on. Unless you're the teacher, Gail, here, who is going to die. Yeah. Anyway, next week I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 16, called Let's Party! And, of course, I will have, as always, a very special guest. Until then, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. 
And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. Let's Face the Facts.